Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. Today I'd like to speak to you about making level paths for our feet. And in a few minutes, the reason for that title is going to become apparent. But first, I'd like to start with a story. I grew up as a musician playing drums, and I've played in church worship teams since uh, my early teens. And one day as a teenager, we had been a part of a church conference that had gone on for a couple of days. And there was one particular meeting that went on late into the night (laughs) and honestly uh, I think we got a little bit tired as youngsters as the adults um, continued on with the late night meeting but we were part of the worship team and right near the close of the meeting a person ministering called up the worship team and because we had been sitting Uh, a little far back we felt the need to kind of quickly get to the front and I was um, making my way to the front together with the bass player who obviously was slightly sleepier than me and felt the need to get to the front maybe a bit quicker than me so he started running but as he ran he tripped Except that instead of then just falling flat on his face, he decided to try and outrun the momentum that had happened by his tripping. But of course, you know, the only way to overcome it is to then run faster. And what happened is he hit the stage going at the speed. Now, thankfully, the stage was only about knee high. So... (laughs) He ran onto the stage. The problem was the stage wasn't empty. <laughs> and there were microphone stands and guitar stands and all sorts of things. And thankfully, he didn't run into anything more than that. And we were actually in a, a tent. It was a tent meeting. So he ran straight through all these stands, guitar stands and microphone stands, straight over the back of the stage and into the flap of the tent at the back. <laughs> And I have to confess, it was it was pretty funny. And thankfully, he wasn't hurt and uh, he picked himself up and we carried on. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever tripped yourself up? Well, if we're honest, I think we've all done things to trip ourselves up in life. Maybe you did something, but the timing was terrible. Maybe you said something in the heat of the moment that you later regretted. We've all done or said something we wish we could take back. Hopefully, with time, we don't repeat the same mistakes. But did you know that there's a godly wisdom that cannot be learned from the world system? Because the world cannot understand it. Godly wisdom is God-given. Although it has greater worth than gold, it's actually given out freely to all who are willing to stop the hamster wheel of life 
and listen for the voice of God. The Bible is full of his wisdom because it's his word. It's his counsel for living on earth, but with heaven's power. So now to our text, and you'll immediately understand where the title of today's podcast comes from. It's from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 12 to 15. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Now there's a lot to speak about in this passage, but for a moment I just want to touch on that last part. It talks about seeing to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Nobody sets out in life to become bitter. You may even believe that it would never happen to you. So who is at danger and how does it start? Well, to gain some insights, I did a word study. And as I looked into the Hebrew word for bitterness, well, it comes from two Strong's words in the Strong's Concordance 4088 and 9. And putting the definitions of those together, <clears throat> I came up with this definition. That word bitterness can be defined as to pierce your thoughts with a poisonous idea. To pierce your thoughts with a poisonous idea. In other words, if you ingest the poisonous ideas of the world and they become part of you, they will cause you to lose your sweetness and become bitter. But where does bitterness start? You don't become bitter instantly. Bitterness starts out as either disappointment or an offense. If you're human, then you've definitely had opportunity to be both disappointed and offended. What causes these feelings to grow into something more is a sense of justification and entitlement. For example, I was wronged. It's not right. And I'm angry about it. In fact, I have a right to be angry about it. The thing is, entitlement leads to ownership. For example, I don't just feel angry. I am angry. Do you see how this begins to become part of your identity? It starts out how you feel, but can easily become who you are. How do you know if disappointment has taken root in your heart? Well, here are a couple of ideas that might help you to determine if that is the case. You may find that you have become skeptical Cynical, sarcastic, stressed out, defensive, disillusioned, depressed, discouraged, negative, or weary. You may feel downcast, 
cast away and let down. You are dubious and overly cautious to try new things or make new friends. When you're alone with your thoughts for too long, you get into a dark place and easily become broody and moody. You don't need any convincing life is tough and is not getting any better. In fact, you are confident it's getting worse. Any discussions with friends seem to come to the same conclusion. And you feel it's wise to warn people of the facts. When people ask how you are, you'd rather not tell them because you don't want to get them down. Or you avoid the truth and just answer superficially, I'm fine. Perhaps you get irritated at faith people who always respond they are blessed and you suspect they are insincere, naive and just don't know how bad it really is. A new difficulty or challenge is seen as yet another setback and proof that life is unfair. Now of course this is a rather extreme description and you may not identify with all of these but because disappointment is common to all of us in life, we have all had to walk through some of these feelings or thoughts. And hopefully they haven't taken root in your heart. But because disappointment is something that we all have to deal with, let's ask the question. So what do we do with disappointment and offense? Well, scripture teaches us to act contrary to the world scripture teaches us to take those feelings to take those matters to god in prayer to humbly ask for his help and to wait on him for his counsel you see humility neutralizes the trap of the enemy when we hear the counsel of god with a yielded spirit we will own his truth instead of taking the bait of the lies of Satan. I'd like to read for you from James chapter 4 verse 6 in the Passion Translation, which says this, But he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. For it says, God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble about you but I want to be in that position of receiving that grace from God continually poured out into my life we need the grace of God to pour into our hearts and minds to cleanse us from those things in the world that would seek to contaminate the way we think and feel when we receive the grace of God continually poured out over us, it's going to wash us and cleanse us from those things that can contaminate us. The other day, I went out riding on my mountain bike. The trail was long, a good couple of kilometers, and it had rained the day before. And in places, this made for a lot of fun as I raced through puddles did awesome jumps and booms, and I'll be honest, I was having the time of my life. But I hit a couple of seriously muddy sections. 
in particular a muddy section that a bunch of cows, I'm sure an entire herd of cows had walked through this wet muddy patch and trampled it up and I went straight through the middle of that. <laughs> well suffice to say when I came out on the other side my whole bike and my whole body was covered in mud from head to toe. Well when I got back to the start of the trail thank goodness um, they had set out a beautiful deck with a hose pipe to help the riders wash down after a, a dusty or muddy ride and, and man I really was muddy from head to toe I, th I don't think I've ever been covered in more mud in my entire life and I took that hose and I sprayed down my entire bike and then I turned the hose on myself as well. <laughs> the thing is, if we go through life for any length of time, there are all sorts of things which can cause us to be contaminated. Imagine if I got off the bike and I went to my family and I was like, okay, I'm ready to go before I'd washed off. They would have looked at me and gone, but Brett, you, you're covered in mud. You're dirty. And I was like, no, nah, it's nothing. I'm fine. Well, I think we all know, and my family would have been the first to point out, I can assure you, that's ridiculous. You can't just say you're fine. You, you've got to deal with it. And guys, there are things in our lives that we have to deal with. And according to Scripture, according to godly counsel, the only way to deal with those things is to bring them to God in prayer and allow God to speak to our hearts. We can't deal with them by saying, I'm fine. Now, the thing is, you get off a muddy trail on a mountain bike, everyone can see the dirt all over you. But as humans, we can be pretty good at trying to camouflage and conceal the hurts and brokenness inside of us. And that's where that humility comes in. We have to get truthful. We have to get real. It starts with coming to God and saying, Lord, I don't want to live like this anymore. I know there is a better way of living. Lord, I need you to speak to my heart. We begin to open up his word and allow his word to wash over us. And as we do, as we read his word, we begin to pray those matters through. And scripture says we need to do this with humility. It says that God resists us when we're proud. Pride is basically saying, I am who I am and that's absolute. And I am who I choose to be according to how I think and how I feel. We need godly wisdom, guys. We need his perspective in our lives. We need his truth. The Bible says, if you know the truth of God, that it will set you free. And when we come to God with humility to lean into him and we open up our hearts, he can begin to pour out his grace into our lives. <clears throat> when we come to God in humility, it's an invitation to God to begin to speak and to minister to us in a deep and meaningful way. Now I know that word humility is 
very misunderstood. So biblically, what does it mean? Humility is not about saying I am nothing. It's saying, God, you are my everything. Humility doesn't just say, God, you know more. It says, God, you are more. More than this world can ever offer. More love, more mercy, more grace. Humility acknowledges the goodness of God. Humility is not just about coming to God with nothing. Humility always approaches God with a heart full of thanksgiving. Humility is approaching God with open hands and an open heart, ready to receive from Him. Humility is about honoring God, acknowledging God, honoring Him with all that we are and choosing to live as a man or woman of honor. You see, when God calls you to come to Him in honor, it's not so that He can bring you down. In fact, it's the complete opposite. It's that He can lift you up. Because God gives us grace when we come to Him in humility. And God's grace will always build us up, bring us into a place of healing and restoration. God's grace will always redeem and restore. Now, when you put it like that, man, it makes me excited about coming to God in a place of humility because I understand his heart. He's a God of grace. He's a God of love. The Bible says God is for us, not against us. That's the God that we serve. And we, when we walk acknowledging God, honoring God, when we walk in humility, we will know, according to this beautiful passage from James, the continual outpouring of God's grace. I'd like to close off by just reading that one last time, James 4, 6. But he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. Even if you received God's grace once upon a time in your life, you need it again today. We all do. We daily need an outpouring of God's grace in our lives. It goes on to say, For God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. That's God's heart. To continually pour out His grace, His healing mercies into your life, over your life. To build you up, to lift you up, and to restore you. Let's pray together. Lord, we come to you in Jesus' name. Thanking you for your great love. Thank you, Lord, that you love us unconditionally. That you are for us, not against us. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to you even in our brokenness. And present those things before you. Knowing that you are trustworthy, God. Knowing that you are faithful. Lord, we present those areas of hurt, brokenness, disappointment and offense before you. 
We ask that you would speak and minister healing into our hearts. That you would grant us the wisdom that we need, Lord, to deal with these things. And to be cleansed of them, Lord, so that we can walk in freedom. I thank you that that is your heart for each and every one of us, Lord. And that as we embrace your truth, your word says that we will walk in and experience and know your freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend?